Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And as always, before we dive in, I'd like to thank the following people that sent me these data breaches, and this week it is Chris Fallon, Barrett Peterson, and Darren Young. Guys, thank you very much, and if you have a tip for me, please send it my way, and I will give you a shout out here and also on my nationally syndicated radio show uh, in a week or so. Now with that... Let's start because we have no time to lose, and we're going to start in Taiwan with Taiwanese chip maker A Data. They are denying claims basically of a ransom house cyber attack after those threat actors began posting stolen files on their leak site. Now, the ransom uh, house gang added A Data files to their leak site this past Tuesday, claiming they stole one terabyte's worth of documents in a 2022 cyber attack. Basically, they also leaked samples of allegedly stolen files, which appear to belong to a data. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Because in a statement to Bleeping Computer, a data said that it had not actually suffered a recent cyber attack. And those leaked files are from a May 2021 Ragnar Locker ransomware attack when they stole one and a half terabytes of data. So we're going to keep an eye on a data. They may or may not have had a breach or maybe this is a recycle We'll find out. Moving on, let's talk about 2K Games. This is an update on that situation. They emailed uh, users, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They emailed users this past Thursday to warn that some of their personal information that was stolen was put for sale online, basically following this data breach that happened on September 19th. Now, 2K confirmed on September 20, if you recall, that basically its help desk platform was hacked and used by uh, basically attackers to target customers using fake support tickets that pushed uh, a malware embedded in the link. So heads up to you, uh, basically 2K gamers, here we are. Moving on. Let's do an update on Optus. This is a massive data breach coming from one of the largest telecom providers in Australia because here's the update, and it's interesting. The Australian Federal Police have arrested a 19-year-old teen from Sydney for allegedly attempting to leverage the data leak following the Optus breach basically late last month as he attempted to extort victims. Now, the suspect is said to have carried out a text message blackmail scam uh, demanding that the recipients transfer $2,000 to a bank account or risk getting their personal information misused for fraudulent activities. The source of this data, according to the agency, was actually a sample database of the 10,200 records that were posted briefly on a cybercrime form accessible essentially on the internet uh, by an actor named Optus Data, obviously before they took it down. Now, on top of this, the Australian government on Thursday proposed an overhaul of consumer privacy rules that will help facilitate targeted data sharing between telecommunication firms and banks following the massive data breach. In other words... Australia is springing into action to improve their cybersecurity stance and laws right off this breach. I wish more countries, hint, hint, had that same thought. Now, moving on, I want to give you an update on Talbert House. This is actually really interesting. They agreed to pay a class action settlement to resolve claims from their 2021 breach. Now, this settlement benefits individuals whose private information was personally compromised in 2021 due to this breach. But we now know that this also includes a subclass of individuals who had um, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and or financial information on top of the standard stuff being compromised. So obviously, this is a huge issue. 
because obviously they got very deep into the system. So if you have anything to do with Talbot House in 2021 or before, you may be entitled to some kind of compensation. Moving on, let's talk about CARE Oregon. They're a basic, they're based out of Portland, and they are a coordinated care organization. They said thousands of their members have been affected by a data breach. Just over 8,000 people in Oregon are part of this data breach. In Jackson County, Oregon, 1,800 members of Jackson CARE Connect were affected. CARE Oregon said the incident occurred on August 9th. Now, Here's what happened. It said that marketing letters were sent out to the wrong addresses and contained protected health information. That information had members' names and Medicaid numbers on it as well. Care Organ itself said that 5,500 of its own members were also part of that breach. So just over 8,000 between those two organizations. So heads up, Care Organ and also Jackson Care Connect patients. Moving on, let's talk about Correct Health out of Atlanta. Now, they provide healthcare for people inside correctional facilities nationwide, meaning the inmates or prisoners that we have in basically correctional facilities or penitentiaries. Now, the target of a recent data breach uh, was essentially them, and they were leaving tens of thousands of incarcerated people at basically at risk of having their identity stolen. If you think that is like, oh, well, where they're incarcerated, they are some of actually the most vulnerable people to this because they don't have access to the outside world, and oftentimes they don't know when their data is being misused. And so imagine stepping out of prison, you've done your time, and here we are. Now, Correct Health reported this breach and notified 54,000 affected inmates across the nation in late August, but basically this incident has flown under the radar until now. So heads up if you have somebody in a correctional facility that is using Correct Health out of Atlanta. Moving on, let's talk about Common Spirit Health. They own a couple of different entities, um, but basically they are managing an incident that is impacting some of their uh, facilities. We don't know that much about it thus, thus far, but two facilities so far have had to report. CHI Health and Virginia Mason Franciscan Health have had to report because Common Spirit Health got hit. So heads up to you, CHI Health and Virginia Mason Franciscan Health patients, you may be affected. Moving on. Let's talk about Toyota. <clears throat> yes, the Toyota, because this past Friday, they announced a major leak impacting more than 296,000 of their customers and it was been it just was recently detected now as per a Reuters report around 296,019 email addresses and contact numbers have been exposed in this leak customers that use Toyota's telematics service T-Connect which is a smartphone app service that allows users to connect to their vehicle via the network are essentially what we we're talking about here individuals who have signed up for that service since July of 2017 would have been affected by this. Now, the Japanese automaker also disclosed that a contractor who developed the T-Connect website had accidentally uploaded parts of the source code with public settings, meaning it wasn't locked down and accessible. This went undetected from December of 2017 to September 15th of this year. So we are looking at about, what, five-ish years or so that this went undetected wide open on Toyota's T-Connect website. Now, based on the assessment by security specialist, Toyota stated in a statement that it was impossible to confirm a third-party access to basically uh, this site because they didn't really, looks like they didn't have the logging on, but they also can't rule it out. So heads up to you. If you own a Toyota and you use T-Connect, you might be one of those almost 300,000 that, I don't know, at some point somebody's going to sue somebody here because that's what we do now. Moving on, I want to give you an update on the LAUSD, that is the Los Angeles Unified School District. 
because attackers released a cache of data stolen during that cyber attack against the LAUSD in what appears to be the biggest education breach in recent years. Now, Vice Society, which is a Russian-speaking Russian speaking group, last month claimed responsibility for this hit that obviously disrupted their systems, etc., and all those kinds of things. They basically had set a deadline of August, October 4th for this release. This publication, though, pretty much put that out there on October 3rd. So, here we are. If you have a student or anything to do with the LAUSD, you definitely want to check in. You might have been exposed by a Russian hacking gang. <clears throat> Moving on, let's talk about the city of Tucson because they disclosed a data breach affecting more than 123,000 individuals. Now, as revealed in a notice of breach sent to the affected people, the attacker breached the city network and exfiltrated an undisclosed number of files containing sensitive information. The threat actors had access to the network between May 17th through May 31st and may have uh, basically accessed or stolen documents on information regarding 123,513 individuals. So if you are a resident of the city of Tucson, you better check in. Moving on, let's go back down under and talk about Telstra. This is yet another Massive Aussie Telecom. Now, up to 30,000 former and current employees have had their names and email addresses uploaded to a dark web breach form, and that is according to a Telstra spokesperson. They said Telstra itself was not hacked, but a third party, which was offering a rewards program for the staff, had a data breach in 2017. They no longer use that rewards program <coughs> since 2017 for the record, so this is older data. Nevertheless, there are plenty of current employees of Telstra that are still obviously there and were working there in 2017. Quote, no customer account information was included. We believe it's been made available now in an attempt to profit from the Optus data breach. They're, in other words, they're recycling from a while ago. We'll see what happens, but heads up to you, current and former Telstra employees. Moving on. Let's talk about TD Bank, because this one is interesting. This was actually reported as a huge data breach earlier in this week, and now TD Bank is on correcting the record. <clears throat> and I quote TD Bank, at TD Bank, protecting the security of our customers' accounts is a top priority, and we take the issue of fraud very seriously. The letter posted by Office of the Vermont Attorney General on September 28, 2022, was a communication that TD sent recently to two retail customers in Vermont. As the letter stated, a TD employee improperly accessed some of their account information. Our investigation determined this was an isolated incident. The employee was terminated as a result of the investigation findings. The two customers were fully reimbursed, and we offered free credit monitoring to them at TD. We require colleagues to meet high standards of ethics, integrity, and professionalism to protect our customers and the bank. TD has strong processes in place to identify, investigate, and deter potential fraud. So what ended up being or looking like a large possible data breach at TD ended up being one rogue employee accessing two customer accounts. So there you go. Hopefully it's, you know, we can take TD at its word, but that is what TD Bank says about their own data breach that was earlier reported as much larger. Moving on, let's talk about Ferrari or Ferrari, the actual exotic car company. Everybody knows Ferrari. <laughs> data from Ferrari's website was posted on a dark web leak site owned by the ransomware gang Ransom EXX. Now, the attackers claim that they have obtained internal documents, data sheets, repair manuals, and other information. The stolen data set consists of almost 7 gigabytes of data. A screenshot of the stolen data shows a document marked confidential. It looks like a purchase agreement uh, for a specific model of a Ferrari brand car. Now, the leak marks the second time Ferrari has had company documents stolen by attackers in less than a year. In last December, Italian manufacturing company Spiro 
Ferroni or Speroni was hit by the Everest cyber gang. Now, uh, Ferrari or Ferrari is is denying that they have been hit by Ransom EXX. I just, out of curiosity, went to Ransom EXX's dark web site. It's one of the gangs that we track, and sure enough, they've got a Ferrari section with a whole bunch of stuff in it. So is this a recycle, too? Did Ferrari get hit and they just don't want to say? We're going to find out, but there you go. Oh, and also, if you own a Ferrari, they may have information on you. We don't know. So we're going to see, but Ferrari denies Ransom EXX has it on their site. Moving on. Let's talk about Binance. This is the world's biggest crypto exchange, at least according to the article that I'm taking this from. Attackers have stolen around $570 million US in tokens from Binance. Binance initially estimated this past Friday that the tokens were worth about $100 million to $110 million that had been taken, pausing the operation of the affected blockchain for approximately eight hours. However, the exchange later disclosed that the hacker had taken around $2 million of the cryptocurrency BNB, which is their own digital token, the value of about $284 each. Now, the basically, the attack targeted the BSC token hub, which is a bridge between two Binance systems. And this comes at a time when digital assets are obviously trying to recover from the credit crisis that wiped about two-thirds of their total value off of their most high-profile tokens, such as Bitcoin industry data, also indicated that theft from projects is soaring this year. And so obviously this is a huge thing. This is one of the reasons why traditional and more cautious investors are looking at cryptocurrency as just speculative and not worthy of this. I know a lot of people that have gotten out of this because they've either lost their shirts or they're seeing this absolute theft as these things are not fully secure or hardened in some way. And so now we have more than half a billion dollars in uh, estimated value of tokens being stolen from what is essentially the world's largest exchange slash bank for cryptocurrency. That's a huge problem. That's a major black eye for cryptocurrency. We'll see what happens there. Moving on, we're going to talk about insurance giant Lloyd's of London because they said this past Wednesday they're investigating a possible cyber attack. Now, a spokesperson for the commercial insurance market told the record that cybersecurity experts at the company, quote, detected unusual activity on their network. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, Lloyd's representatives would not say if it was a ransomware attack or explain who may have been behind this incident. It should also be noted that they have one of the most prominent, they have been one of the most prominent supporters of sanctions against Russia since the country has basically decided to invade Ukraine earlier this year. So is this Russia? We don't know. They're investigating right now. And my curious thought is, well, who insures the largest insurer? So what are we going to do? Moving on. Let's talk about hotel chain Shangri-La Group because they admitted to their systems being attacked and personal data describing guests accessed by unknown party over a time frame that includes the data on which high-level international defense conferences were staged on their Singapore properties. Now, this is where it gets interesting because from June 10th through June 12th of this year, a Singapore hotel hosted the Shangri-La Dialogue, an event that bills itself as Asia's leading defense conference. Intendees included the Prime Minister of Japan, U.S. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin III, plus defense ministers from other and other senior figures from Indonesia, France, Malaysia, Qatar, um, China, the U.K., Germany, and many other nations. Now, it's unclear if any of these dignitaries from all over the globe that were staying at the hotel had their data access. But obviously, that's a huge problem as you're talking about very highly sensitive individuals that are basically having a hand in running their respective militaries for wherever they are. 
that's a huge problem. We're going to see if there's fallout with this. You know I'll keep you up to date here. Moving on. Let's talk about Focus IT because on September 28th of this year, Focus IT filed an official notice of breach with various state attorney generals. Now, according to Focus IT, their breach uh, resulted in names, social security numbers, addresses, and dates of birth being basically of the affected parties being compromised. This, uh, we Again, we are talking about their consumer information. Recently, Focus IT sent out breach letters to all affected. So we're going to see where this goes. They apparently are very large and I believe it's the management of mortgages, uh, you know, for IT or something like that. I believe they're in finance. Don't quote me on that. But Focus IT is a major player in whatever vertical they're in. And moving on, we got to talk about K. Smith. This is an update from last week or two weeks ago because they are essentially uh, having multiple healthcare clinics and organizations declare data breaches as they continue on. And this week, it's Seattle-based UW Medicine, uh, essentially for 3,800 patients. This is the last one to declare a data breach. And we will obviously keep you up to date on K. Smith as well. They're not going away anytime soon. We've seen multiple um, disclosures as a result of them. Moving on, let's talk about Russian retail chain DNS. This actually stands for Digital Network System, not the other DNS that we all know and love in cybersecurity and IT. Now, DNS... Again, digital network system, the retail chain, suffered a data breach that exposed the personal information of customers and employees. This is Russia's second largest computer and home appliance store with 2,000 branches and 35,000 employees. Now, according to the scant details that were provided in the announcement, a group of attackers residing outside of the Russian Federation exploited a security gap in the company's IT systems and accessed employees' details. Is this related to the war in Ukraine? Let's just say yes, because everybody's hacking everybody over there right now. And finally, and we have a few finalies for you now, we're going to start with Facebook. Yes, Facebook, because basically Facebook's owner Meta is warning that as many as 1 million Facebook users may have had their login information stolen. Now, Meta's researchers have discovered more than 400 malicious Android and Apple apps that are designed to steal personal Facebook logins. The company is reaching out to the users that are at risk, but again, there's 1 million of us out there, so God knows who they're going to reach out to. These malicious apps were disguised as games, photo editors, lifestyle services, and on and on and on. And basically, oftentimes these app users are asked to log in with their Facebook account, which then allows the attackers to steal their login and passwords. You've got to vet your apps. You've got to make sure they have good reputations and understand this is also Apple people. I get it from all the time. Well, I have an iPhone, so I can never get hit. That's total BS. Apple folks, you are just as susceptible. And if you're looking at that cereal box looking privacy thing of is this private or not or secure or not, those are self-done. Meaning if I publish an app in the App Store, I get to fill that out myself saying, oh, sure, everything is absolutely private until I'm caught that it's not. So, Heads up to you, Apple and Android folk, this is a huge thing. And if you are logging in with Facebook for things like single sign-on, I highly recommend not doing that. And I actually did a video on this as people are removing, rather major platforms are removing Facebook as an option, not just on the security side, but because Facebook data mines the bejesus out of you when you're using single sign-on and they may be able to understand what you're doing on sites outside of their ecosystem. So just ignore uh, Facebook whatsoever. And if anything, they ask you to log into Facebook outside of your actual Facebook app or account, don't do it. Moving on. Our other finally, and this is an interesting one, is the city of Detroit in Michigan. They have terminated their contract with an Okemos-based election software company after its founder was taken into custody on suspicion of poll worker data theft 
in the state of California. Now, the company had worked with the city since 2008 on various poll management and logistics systems over the course of several elections. But this past Wednesday, Eugene Yu, the CEO of Connich, was arrested as part of a Los Angeles County-based investigation. Now, Connich had a five-year, $2.9 million contract with the county to administer poll worker assignments, communications, and payroll. That's L.A. County. L.A. County prosecutors found that Connich was storing information in China in violation of this agreement. Quote, data breaches are an ongoing threat to our digital way of life, according to L.A. District Attorney George Gasson, and that is 100% correct. Quote, when we entrust a company to hold our confidential data, they must be willing and able to protect our personal identifying information from theft. Otherwise, we are all victims. Now, Detroit had a similar uh, contract with Connich for the use of its poll chief software, which is said to have the ability to send mass letters, emails, and phone calls to polling locations and record responses of election workers. $320,000 contract, LA is much larger than Detroit, approved last year by the Detroit City Council, was set to expire in June of 2024. According to the city and federal records, Connage had worked with the city on several specific applications for more than a decade, including ballot quote-unquote fast scanning software and a mobile app for uniformed and overseas citizen absentee vo- uh, voting as well for their return ballots. Now, following the news of Yu's arrest, Detroit terminated its current contract with Connage. Now, in a statement, the city clerk uh, Janice Winfrey upheld the integrity of Detroit's election process and the security of employee information. Ms. Winfrey said, and I quote, Our data, which is now back under exclusive control, was housed on servers located in Lansing, Michigan. Connage, per its contract, only provided logistical and call center support. Now, here's the thing with this one, and I think this is absolutely nuts, because if this person was caught storing poll worker and, let's say, voting information or whatever it is on servers in China... There's no reason why he could not have replicated that data from Lansing, Michigan, in the case of Detroit, out to China again. And if this person is or has anything to do with uh, basically the Chinese government, this needs to be investigated because this could potentially be some kind of threat, meaning is the Chinese government or their intelligence apparatus getting information on poll workers, voters, how we vote, those kinds of things in LA or Detroit or anywhere else that Connich basically has has contracts with. This is a huge thing. Understand that when the data leaves this country, and especially when it's sitting in China, the Chinese government, per Chinese law, a 2017 Chinese law I've mentioned constantly, they have access to everything. And so if this person is doing that, This undermines the integrity of this. And so for Ms. Winfrey to come out and say it's back under our control, sure, the copy of it in Lansing is, but was it copied anywhere else? And odds are, forensically, you may not be able to know that, especially if it's been happening in real time or that that information has been wiped in some way, shape or form, or the routing equipment was simply set not to log. So this is a huge issue. We're going to see where this goes, um, but we may have a much bigger issue out here. And I'm hoping uh, something like the FBI starts to investigate just how deep this rabbit hole goes. This is not some kind of election conspiracy. I'm not saying that there's vote rigging or anything going on here, but voter data is sensitive data. And having that in the hands of a foreign adversarial government is never a good thing. And so here we are. We'll see what happens. Again, not going conspiracy theory here. It needs to be investigated and proven ideally one way or the other. And finally, finally, 
Lee, we need to talk about an undisclosed U.S. military contractor because U.S. cybersecurity, law enforcement, and intelligence officials uh, basically revealed this past Tuesday that sophisticated attackers infiltrated a likely U.S. military contractor and maintained, quote, persistent long-term access end quote, to their system. Now, the NSA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, and the FBI released a detailed joint advisory containing the notification, explaining that in November of 2021, CISA responded to a report of malicious activity on an anonymous, quote, Defense Industrial Base, or DIB, Sector Organizations Enterprise Network. Now, CISA uncovered a likely compromise and said that some of the intruders, quote, had long-term access to the environment. And for the record, and off script here, that is typically known as an APT or advanced persistent threat when they've got their hooks into you so deep and they go undetected for potentially months or even years, depending on how big or sensitive the information or company is. Now, after breaking in, officials said that attackers leverage an open source toolkit known as Impacket uh, to basically, quote unquote, programmatically construct and manipulate network protocols. They also uh, basically exploited Microsoft Exchange as the on-premise email server. They exploited those vulnerabilities as well. The advisory included details on the IOCs or indicators of compromise found by CISA and third-party incident response organizations. And this is exactly why the Department of Defense has been pushing faster than anybody really kind of expected, but they've been pushing, despite the delays and the hot mess of it, the CMMC, or Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. They are sick and tired of having foreign adversaries eat their lunch in this way. And so basically, they're asking the entire defense industrial base, over 300,000 companies, to step up and actually get certified on good cyber hygiene or possibly self-attest a good cyber hygiene with potentially, uh, you know, uh, you know, depending on the level of information that they're able to able to handle in a, in a Department of Defense contract. So we're going to see where this goes. Obviously, it's a huge thing. We've got some major data breaches that are going to be unfolding, you know, including the Chinese government, the Russians, everybody. We're going to see where this happens. But those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.